And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Uh, welcome into another Hold That Podcast podcast. I am your host, T Bob A Bear. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. How appropriate then that my co-host is Brody Miller, who covers LSU for, you guessed it, The Athletic. Brody, what's up, dude? Not too much, man. Another another uh, wild week in the LSU defensive coordinator search in a, uh, <laughs> a search that may never end. How are you doing, buddy? This is a search that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. Uh, so that'll be the main topic of today, as uh, just yesterday you know, it looked like LSU had Ryan Nielsen for the Saints locked up, and then um, and then we learned that they don't. And, and we'll get into all the details and kind of our thoughts on it, uh, because I do think it's pretty fascinating. I also think that I've seen some very public takes. I'm going to address it on my show. Like, I saw, like, uh, Moscona talk about this, and I kind of vehemently disagree with some of those takes, so I do want to give you my read <laughs> on the situation. Uh, also, uh, look, if, if you want to support the pod and The Athletic, Go to theathletic.com slash hold that podcast for some great sign-up deals. And then obviously just rate and review the pod. That helps a lot. All right, Brody, let's get into it. Um, Ryan Nielsen uh, is the Saints defensive line coach. Uh, we've talked about him on this uh, show a lot before, right? Really nice resume coming to NC State. Has been a key part of a very good Saints defense over the last few years. And... Like if if Freeman was uh, obviously target number one in this search, Nielsen was definitely target number two. Maybe even like a one A one B situation, and it seemed like we were all just waiting for the playoffs to end, and then they could make it official, and Ryan Nielsen would be joining the LSU Tigers as their defensive coordinator. And there's even a report after the playoff game ended that a deal was close to being done, and then there's like a little line about a little foreshadowing, like, but you know, the Saints, there's some language in the contract, and maybe they could block it. And then you start talking to people who are in the know, like you journalist types, and you start hearing that, you know, Nielsen's actually been blocked twice in the past. You're like, whoa, he wouldn't really block him, would he? Especially not after they leaked the information. Well, sure enough, these Saints end up um, exercising a clause in Nielsen's contract. They, I guess they can hold him from going to college game. Uh, and, and I think to apply some salve to the situation, Nielsen comes out of it with a um, a three-year extension or a, a new three-year contract and an assistant head coach title. So a little bit of a title, a bump in pay, um, but not allowed to join LSU. Uh, Brody, how, what, what is your knowledge, I guess, of these events as they've gone down? Was it was I correct up to this point? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's hmm. – it's the the only thing I'm still trying to figure out. Sorry, it was a bad way. Sorry, but the only thing I'm th- still trying to figure out is when did Sean Payton find out? Because there is this kind of like 
the way the news has been presented was that like Sean Payton had no idea until Monday when the all and all of a sudden he was like, no way. But I I have a hard time with that. One, because this was very calm public news for I feel like under radar kind of being reported for weeks, right? But also I've I've heard from some people, you know, and it's one of those things I don't know if I should be like saying this yet, but that that Peyton and Ogeron had left some voicemails for each other, you know, as early as late last week, you know, and that there was some kind of animosity already going on between those two about what was going on with Nielsen and Ogeron and all that. So I don't think this is new. And then there's this part of it, and we talked about this at length on your show. It's that, okay, LSU, obviously, this was pretty much a done deal, right? We all understand that part. This was an agreed upon deal, not, you know, wink, wink, and then it was going to be done on Monday. And the hard part for everyone to understand, and this isn't new, but it's like is did LSU – clearly LSU and, and Nielsen's lawyers too were a little surprised by the Saints arguing that his contract did not allow him to leave for a college defensive coordinator job. That was that was clearly new to them. And then – so it's like how does that happen? How was there this miscommunication? And then lastly, how are you not – I mean, you work – I mean, I, I don't think they had the best relationship or anything at the time, but, you know, Ojan, you worked for Sean Payton 10 years ago. You, you know, you – have been, you know, basically the two biggest deals in Louisiana for about four years now. And, you know, you don't go through those proper channels and make sure everything's good. And maybe there's a little bit of eagerness, right? Maybe it's like, hey, we missed on Freeman. We just got to get this done. But I think that's the part that I think, you know, between the how did you not know the contract stuff? And then how did you not go through this to do it correctly and all that? It's just all seemed preventable. But it's also a situation where, and I'll let you go in a second, but the last thing I'll say is, everyone looks bad in this because Sean Payton has made this his entire philosophy in 15 years with the saints is that he blocks coaches. He doesn't let coaches go to jobs unless it's like a head coach job. And he views coaches like he views player contracts in the sense of like, you don't get to just leave whenever you want. And I think it's a flawed way of doing it, but it's, I I think he has his reasons, but it's a, it's kind of mind boggling that he's like preventing himself from building his tree. Yeah, well, and okay, and so for all of the reasons you just said, that's why this idea that LSU was not somehow aware of this contract or its language is absurd to me. Yeah. Because it is like pretty common knowledge that he's been blocked from multiple jobs in the past. Absolutely. Or unless it seems like it is now. As you said, Sean Payton has a long time uh he, he's done this multiple times right he has a proven track record should we should we save this. the listeners some of the main times yeah I mean, yeah yeah no go Aaron, for it. i mean aaron glenn's been held back now he's aaron the glenn DC was stopped job. from being Bengals defensive coordinator or at least going for it nielsen was blocked from going for usc's defensive coordinator job which by the way is his alma mater and there was one other time i'm told of i don't know the exact scenario uh he blocked i mean one and he blocked uh Brendan Nugent, who is a basically like what Joe Brady was, right? Like a, an assistant to an assistant and blocked him from getting a position coach job with the Panthers because it was like, well, he's division rival. You can't let him go there. Um, there's others that I'm just like blanking on right now, but there is a, oh, uh, Wesley McGriff was the safeties coach and he had a contract agreed on to become Vanderbilt's defensive coordinator and they blocked that. There's just a long history of him blocking people going for pretty clearly better jobs and I, and I think it's just kind of bizarre but continue yeah well no so that's my entire point that's why yeah. like there's so much misinformation <laughs> out there about like how could LSU not know about the language in this contract like let's just call this what it is if we just look logically at what we know about all of this I think it's either or probably a mixture of these two things bad legal advice 
and bad trust in the relationship, right? Yeah. Um, I think that, look, in Ross's own tweet, he talks about LSU and Nielsen's attorneys trying to wriggle out of that language, right? So already, what, were Nielsen's attorneys not aware of the language? <laughs> I mean, if yeah. the two sides are working in concert. Also, ever since I kind of landed on this being my read, I've tried to talk to people, figure out what had kind of gone on. I've talked to people that have connections at CAA, where Sexton is. And it, it, it and this makes so much sense to me. Um, I, I believe that Sexton and Nielsen's camp was telling LSU, like, that would be no problem. And, and, and maybe Sean Payton wasn't saying that and, and, and LSU was wrong for not getting that from Payton himself, but I would nearly guarantee that they were saying, and, and you even, I've even heard lawyers talk about this in my own business when you're talking about non-competes, they're like, oh, we can, you know, you can get out of that non-compete. Well, but sometimes you actually can't. Like you act, I mean, you have to go to court over it sometimes. And so I think you had a situation where, yeah, Sexton and company are probably telling us you it's cool. It's cool. You know, he'll let him out. He'll let him out. Maybe even and 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 it could be that simple. Maybe they just trusted Sexton. They didn't ever think they needed the uh, permission for Peyton. And then Peyton in the end said no. But it could even be something yep. like maybe Peyton was on board till he wasn't. That's the thing about this kind of clause, right? Like it, it, it can literally kind of go based on the mood that you're in. And and if you're Peyton, and all of a sudden now you know you got. Campbell going to be the Detroit head coach. Aaron Glenn joined him as the coordinator. Terry Fontenot is going to the Falcons to be the GM. Um, you're you're you know you're going to bleed personnel this offseason. He's like, look, I got a contract. I can keep this guy. I'm going to keep this guy, and then I'm going to make him feel better by giving you know just 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 putting a little salve on the wounds. Like he probably still won't be happy with me, but but he does get a title and 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 a raise. No, I, I think you make a really good point here that this a lot of this was stuff that normally you can get out of. And that's the really, really key. And I've had a lot of, you know, very smart, you know, you know, fans and list followers and stuff like that. in my mentions in my DMs the last few days being like, all right, you're wrong that you're saying like Nielsen wanted to be D.C. And, and he he chose to stay in that. He like got blocked because, you know, and, and they're they're not entirely wrong by saying if if the same if if Nielsen if LSU if they really wanted this, like Nielsen could have truly fought this. He That's, could have sued. I left he that out. Have, You're absolutely right. But there's he, a lot of yeah. things you technically can do. So yes, there is some validity to the notion that like it wasn't like literally just Sean Payton saying no is the only reason this happened. But still, let's use a little bit of just like human nature, common sense here. If your options are like, hey, you know. I I stay with my longtime boss who gave me a big chance and is giving me a raise versus going to a job and having to get into a big legal fight. Like it's like, yeah, I think most of well, us also, just like bro, how about def- this? Like, how about do you you're a young coach and going out yeah. here at the DC can be a fragile situation? Do yep. you want Sean Payton to want to blacklist you? Like, do you want to make an enemy of Fantastic like a top point. five coach in the NFL? Like you got to think about your career, as, as you point out. That was a key part: is that he could have forced his way out, but you will have you will burn bridges along the way. Like, what if Sean Payton told you, like, don't fucking do this. Like, if you do this and you don't make it to LSU, you're done. Like, I and that's- yeah. <laughs> looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, 
You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. That is, the and Peyton has to be the, and I'm not like here being like the LSU reporter being like, how could Sean Payton? That's, I don't care. Like, But it's, it's the, just, we all have to re- circle back to the fact that, yeah, Peyton is the core of this. Like Sean Payton is the core because, like we're saying, most of the time, agents, all these guys, it just kind of it's like it goes away and not compete. Like, yeah, we'll handle that because normally coaches are like, oh, you're a D line coach getting a really high paying DC job. No brainer. I think that that's just yeah. normally how yeah. these things work. And that's why you have to just kind of go back to Peyton is kind of the guy at the bottom of this being like, no. And I think you're absolutely right. This wasn't just in a vacuum and being like, coach can't take better job it's losing Fontenot Glenn Campbell those were the guys getting their turns and it wasn't you know I I hate thinking of things this way but it wasn't their turn in Peyton's eyes so I think that's the key thing and I think also there's a little bit of being really rubbed the wrong way about how Ogeron did it yeah and yeah I, I think and then you had a great tweet that pointed out that like how do you go working like this? Because I heard Nielsen and, and Peyton had a blow up Tuesday morning or Monday morning, like a pretty aggressive, you know. Of course he did. Of, he stopped him from making a million yeah. dollars as LSU's DC. Like like with a with a head coach where he has like a good relationship with O, right? If you're gonna go be a coordinator, you wanna be someone that you're 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 tight with, ideally. So yeah, it, it was like a good landing spot for Nielsen for sure to take that next step. Yeah, so I think that's just kind of – it's going to be bizarre to see, like, now this guy is essentially, like, your top or your number two, like, rising star assistant. You basically have stunted his growth. So, And I'm sure it's going to work out for Neil. So I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, no, he got blocked from LSU and now his career's over. But, like, he's probably going to be an NFL DC soon. Shoot, I mean, Dan Campbell just went from, you know, associate yeah. head coach to, to head coach of yeah. the Lions. So, you know, maybe he'll go from this associate head coach job that he's replacing him at to a great job, but it'll, it'll work out for Ryan Nielsen. It's just a pretty bizarre, not that, you know, it's relatively unprecedented situation of just like truly blocking people like this and having two schools 90 miles away from each other kind of go at it like this. Yeah. I think, um, I, so we, we talked to Burger McFarlane on the show today Ooh, and his perspective on this was great. Right. Because like, he like, you know, he's been in it. Uh, I, he just, I, he, whatever. And so he, I asked him that, like, how does Nielsen 
do you think how would you how do you think Nielsen feels about going back to work for Peyton? And he basically said like, look, uh, you know, it's nice, you know, or like you you get a little extra money, you get a title, so it maybe stings a little less. And you're a pro, so you're going to put your big boy pants on and you're going to go to work and you can do your thing. But he did basically say, but it's something you'll never forget, uh, in his opinion. Like, the title <laughs> of money's nice, but it's a good way to put it, it is something that... And, you, and you're, like you said, you got to be a pro about it. It's your job. You just got to go You got to go do what you do. So eventually you can get the job that you want. But certainly I think that's something that's just going to kind of stick in the back of your mind no matter what. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like... I understand there is a massive difference between between I have no idea what Nielsen's making NFL contracts are harder to find, but like, you know, let's just chuck up a guess and say he's making like 300,000 and then he's going in LSU, maybe, I don't know, 1.2 or something like that, or 1.5. Like, yes, even aside from the fact that's a ton of money, like there is some concept in these whole things of like, it's not really about the money. Like, regardless, these guys are making incredible money. Like, that's not like what's happening. It's about you are a guy who just spent two decades rising up the ranks to be the guy. You're, you're doing this to get that job, to get your dream job, to really prove that you are a dude. You know what I mean? It's, it's about career it's not about money you know all the time yeah. so it's yeah yes he's getting a race but the sting of this is probably greater than that yeah yeah but i mean hey at Money's the end cool, of the though. day yeah. at the end of the day it's better than being blocked and not getting a race so i mean like at <laughs> least at least for nielsen it's nice to be wanted that that is a bit of a salve over the red ass even if uh it's something that's gonna bug you for sure um so, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that's the read. So now the question is, uh, where does LSU go from here? Or excuse me, yeah. where yeah, where does LSU go from here? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, mus, you know, our guy Muscona obviously had a pretty strong rant on yesterday's show. I didn't listen to today. It's basically just going off about how embarrassing this is for LSU. And and I'm not, you know, I don't think he said much that wasn't truly wrong. Is that you are at a point now where it's like each one of these things in a vacuum, I don't think are that bad for LSU. But it's just the concept of. You know, you go down the road with Freeman, that doesn't work out. Then, you know, you go down the road with Zach Garnett, you decide that's not for you. Probably a good call. No, 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 no criticism there. It's not like they got spurned by him. And then you mishandle the Nielsen thing. And then it just kind of keeps adding up. And now you're at a thing where you've known Bo Pelini was being fired since what, like second week of October? And we're now in January and you still don't have a defensive coordinator and you have been and it's public knowledge that you've gone for multiple other guys and it didn't work out. All of a sudden, this just gets messy. It just gets it's a now there's a stain. It's like the Tennessee head coach job in 2017, right? It's just now there's like a stain on it where it's like you anyone to go for. They probably feel like chopped liver or whatever, you know, so. I know that's not what you have to answer your question, but I think that's just where they're at right now, where it's like, it's really messy. See, but, but, anyway. but at that point, if you're the people making a decision for LSU, like, it's like, you got to tell yourself, like, who gives a fuck, right? I you mean, do, like, you need to. Like, we, yes. we just have to get this right. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't care what the process, how it's been going. We just, we have to find the right answer. And there's, because there's not going to be an answer that makes the public happy for all the reasons you just named. Right. So it's one of those situations where it's not ideal. You can't make the choice that everybody agreed with so that if it goes wrong, you can be like, well, I mean, I don't know. Everybody agreed with. So, I mean, I guess it ratchets up the pressure a bit. Um, but, but I mean, look, ultimately that person is still going to inherit a ton of talent and going to have the ability to prove it on the field. I would, I mean, at this point, man, I would really put my thumb on the scale for some young up and coming coordinator and, and, 
and uh, and give them an opportunity, you know, like give them a potential big break and see what they could do. It would be more financially affordable. And it just, I, I think it just makes more sense that this new group needs to feel a bit re-energized and needs more uh, youthful energy, if you will, to bounce back after whatever the Bo Pelini experience was. No, I agree. I, and yeah, I think we talked about this morning in your show. Like you said, the winning the press conference part is over. Like yeah. You just got to stop thinking it from that perspective. You have to view it at this point of just like step back, completely reset your board. Unless you have someone next in line, maybe they do. I don't know. But but reset your board and just reshift your priorities instead of instead of being like we have to find the home run guy that's going to make all these players stay and re-energize our young players and all that. It's like just find the guy that's – I know I'm just repeating your point, but like just find the guy – that is going to get the most out of the 2021 defense to some extent. And, you know, yeah, maybe that means, you know, because right now I think there's clearly been a a focus in all hires across the board so far for LSU. And it's guys, you know, from the ages of, say, I don't know, 31 to 40 yeah. who are experienced but not yet, aside from Freeman, Freeman was, but are experienced but not yet, like, Big name guys. They have really, it's interesting. None of the guys they've really gone for like 100% proven as coordinators, but they're still like guys that are clearly the guys, you know, and they're, they're in the club. They're in the, that rising star club. And there seems to be a thing there. And by the way, that's a good move. And Joe Barry would still, he's the, the Rams linebacker coach, who's absolutely someone to watch that he falls in that camp too, for sure. Glenn Schumann with Georgia is another guy who definitely falls in that camp. So it's not like that camp's out, but I think what you and I are getting at is like, first off, yeah, go for those guys if you like them, sure. But maybe reset and be like, hey, let's look at UAB's defensive coordinator, David Reeves, or let's look at, yeah. you know, I don't know, even UL's defensive coordinator, Tony. You know, like just reset the board and be like, who can coach a damn defense? Because I know like you're trying to pivot away from Pelini and be like, well, we just hired, you know, a 55-year-old guy who was outdated and that bombed. But these things aren't all in boxes. Like, you know, like Todd Munkin, you know, in Georgia, I'll just, I don't know why he's the name that came to my mind, but like, He's not young, but he's still like a very sharp, modern coach. Like, these things aren't in boxes. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, they're not in boxes, but uh, yeah, but. you're right. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Uh, outside looking in, I guess I'm, I'm still just taking the kind of um, from my no, fan. Perspective, I think it's smart to go younger. I'm not. Arguing. I would. I, I, yeah. From a fan perspective, I'm just saying uh, I would rather fail trying something new and a bit bold versus fail at a retread, especially because you just failed at a retread. Right? Agreed there. Um, but, but, but then again, but, but like to my, oh, yeah, I don't think point, they should go retread to be clear. Yeah. I do not think they should go for like even must champ, you know, I think, I uh, think, but yeah, I'm just saying, don't limit yourself from say like a, like a, a group of five really good DC who's like 48 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, maybe give somebody a big break if that's it and see what they, uh, see what they do with it. But ultimately nothing that we are saying matters. Cause as I said, <laughs> LSU just has to like, whatever, if nobody's going to like it. So they just have to believe it's their guy. And then he just has to be good. And we'll see. There's going to be a lot riding on whoever ends up assuming that mantle. Uh, it is interesting how these things work out. Like whoever assumes the mantle of DC will have more 
than just the LSU defense that he's carrying, right? He could quite literally be carrying the entire regime's future with him. Yeah, I, I think that's really important to note that this is not just – it's why we brought up the Arnett thing. It was like LSU didn't love Arnett, and that doesn't mean Arnett might not be great for somebody else. I'm, this is a weird tangent I'm going on, but it's like – but LSU needed something specific, right? Because this is more than just getting a good hire. This isn't Texas with Sarkeesian being like clean – Slate, who's the best guy? It's you just went five and five with an, like we said, an older coach who seemed past his prime, who's a bit more of an old school, like hard ass kind of defensive coordinator. You do have to kind of zig a little bit from that zag. And it also comes with the pressure of, like we just said, five and five cultural issues in the locker room, you know, just dynamic superstar recruits leaving, you know, all this stuff. Like there's a lot to salvage. So this is more than just let's get a good decent. This is more than just replacing a rando. This is more than just replacing other past defensive coordinators. It's, I'm not saying Ojean's on the hot seat, but there is pressure on him this year, and you'd be naive to think otherwise after last year and all the issues off the field. You have to get this right, and especially on top of that, you have so much talent returning on defense. you got to get the most out of that talent because if you don't have a good defense next year, when will you? Give it to someone young and dumb. Let's ride. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. I'll be fascinated to see where they go. Um, so one thing they'll have is an entire defensive line that returned. Uh, and now you can see that it's true about both sides of the line. As Dare Rosenthal has announced that he is returning for another year, meaning LSU now has literally every lineman on both sides of the ball returning. Right? Like, is that the case? Is that literally the yeah. case yeah that's crazy that is i mean you never know if like some backup lineman will transfer but yeah no basically every single one's back and that is that is a home run on so many ways i mean those are i mean o-line definitely is probably number one and d-line's at least top four position groups right where it's like having continuity just matters having experience and guys who have like been through the strength program for a few years all that kind of stuff that matters so We've, we've been a broken record on the O-line thing, but still, Dare Rosenthal is kind of the most interesting of those five, maybe aside from Ingram, because he is a guy who has just like absurd upside. You know, he's six foot eight, athletic, you know, all these things. has so much ability to be like a top tier NFL offensive lineman if he ever puts it together. And now he has, you know, about a year's worth of playing time behind him. And now we'll Hopefully, if there's a normal spring or something close to a normal spring, you can actually develop more because you didn't get that last year. And also, there's the off-the-field issues, of course. But now you have, like, just this mix of experience and upside. And that's, like, I always, like, I love – I use that term a lot in our show, like, mixing experience and upside because that's the sweet spot, man. That's, like, where you really can get excited when you can feed your floor goes up and your ceiling goes up, and that's the dream. So I think this offensive line should be pretty darn good next year. And more importantly, by having all this experience come back, it means even if any – if you notice that you still have the younger guys behind them developing, right? You still yeah. have the freshmen becoming sophomores. So now you're mixing, like – all right, but now if you don't like that guy, you still got another guy you can rotate in. So I think that's the the huge thing there. Yeah, um, Ogeron seemed pretty hype on the shape that Anthony Bradford showed up in. Exactly, that's and a like great there's 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 playing time to be had at right guard, even with the whole line returning. So it's something to keep an eye on. He said he came in at a svelte three fifty. Which <laughs> uh, probably sounds crazy until you realize. I think he was like three seventy when they broke for the season. Yeah. Uh, so he's been getting his mind right for a little push there. It's, I mean, to me, that's I don't want to make too much of it, but that's just a good sign because the timing works out where his big movement space could be this spring. 
Spring is like qualifying for a NASCAR race. It's all about pole position. You're trying to gain pole position going into fall camp. And okay. Bradford could be a potential mover uh, if he's got his mind right for spring. So we'll see. But definitely well, good news. You're, you're you're giving me a story idea, and I wonder I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce this off you toward the end of the show here. <laughs> Do you think there's something to the notion that of all the areas during the pandemic, aside from like literal health risk, that might be like the most kind of like vulnerable to slacking you think offensive and defensive line probably are the highest because like you know you're you're in a pandemic your motivation's probably a little different so it's probably easier to gain weight then you don't even have the outlet of going out as much as you normally would or having fun so it's like maybe you just eat probably you're probably big snacking but then again i mean i think about the drunk eating after going out it's all point my guy like like when you slam like a pound akasha burger after you've been at reggie's all night i don't know uh, well, as you can see, my family just arrived home, so I think that's a uh, good place. I love when our show works to like call that. The, All right, perfect. this podcast, uh, Brody Miller. Thank you so much, Brody. Right to the Athletic, theathletic.com slash hold that podcast. You have some great sign up deals. Buy your meats at Abear Specialty Meats. Uh, I'm T Bob Abear, and we will see you on the next Hold That Podcast. Mm-hmm.